This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Kohler at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. This is the lunch rush at your local deli. Orders are flying in. Online, on the phone, and in person. Order for Nick. So is it possible that fast internet could help your business outrun the rush? It is with Comcast Business. Powering your connected devices with gig speed Wi-Fi and fast downloads and uploads. With Comcast Business, next level speed isn't just possible, it's happening. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Requires gigabit internet and compatible router. Actual speeds vary. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love. Online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details. With your first look at this week's college football lines, this is College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Here's Jonathan Von Tobel. Good morning, folks. Welcome in. It is College Lines Revealed, presented by DraftKings. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel. Pamela Maldonado is here, and Championship Week is here. The regular season is all, but it's all over. Actually, it's not all but over. It's done. And now we have conference titles that will be won, and we have playoff berths that will be set in the next seven days. Cannot wait for all of it. And Pam, it is hard not to begin at the top. There's a lot of good matchups. Uh, very intrigued by, I know that you're a big uh, Maction. You're big on Maction. The Mac mm-hmm. Championship game provides some interesting angles. We'll get to those coming up in a little bit. We also did have the Machines crank out a Mountain West Championship game for us as well this morning. But we have to start with the big stories. And at the top, of course, is going to be the number one team in the country. And that's where we're going to begin. Cool part about a day like today, uh, we are still waiting for uh, Circa to join the fray when it comes to the college lines. But every single one of these lines has been posted at multiple shops. We have plenty to get through. We also have a slew of guests today as well, including Adam Burke, one of our, of course, managing editors, official title, but one of our college football analysts and Wes Reynolds coming up in 30 minutes. Get their thoughts on the college football lines that we see them as. We'll visit behind the counter with Matt Grill over at DraftKings and have a professional handicapper with us in Paul Stone to see what he thinks about these championship games. But let's start in the SEC in a matchup that we have been waiting for and we have known for a long time. But results yesterday probably changed the thinking as we did see in multiple lines that have been set for a while. And there's no difference here. Georgia now as high as a five and a half point favorite, Pam, over Alabama in the SEC championship game over in Atlanta. Total 55 and a half. Now this coming on the heels of Alabama flirting with disaster yesterday and nearly losing a game to Auburn, needing a Hail Mary on a fourth and goal to win 27 to 24. Almost, almost (laughs) got a ridiculous pick six at the end that would have helped out uh, quite a few teaser betters as well. But 
after watching yesterday and watching Alabama struggle with Auburn the way that they did, is this line adjustment from four and a half to in some spots now five and a half apt in your mind? Uh, No, I am still very much on the Alabama train. Yesterday, what we saw from a lot of teams was that you know, they're kind of letting their foot off the gas in a lot of spots. Looking forward to the following week. I This is not at all. Yesterday's result against Auburn does not at all change my mind on Alabama because Georgia has a rush defense problem against Auburn. I talked about it yesterday uh, as competitive. They won that game by seven, but they allowed 200 rushing yards to Alabama to Auburn, 100 yards to quarterback and Peyton Thorne and Georgia Tech. They there was even one point in the commentary where they said, it was a unfortunate injury from the Georgia Tech side, but the commentators were like, this was a good timing for the Georgia defense needing to get their <laughs> breath together. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you're going to go up against Jalen Milrow, a very capable run offense with Alabama. I love the mobility from that we've seen from Milrow. He has seven touchdowns in his last three games. I'm so excited for this matchup. I'm so excited for this matchup, and I will gladly take the underdog every which way. Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm in on Georgia here. And, you know, it's funny. So I knew this. How, we've we worked together for a while now. Every Week. Um, and and I do know, you know, I, I knew exactly where you were going to go with this. So I, I went back and did a little bit of research and we went back to the uh, the Auburn game here against Georgia. And I think what what when you look at that game against Auburn, there is something that really sticks out about those rushing numbers. Sixty one of those yards came on one run for Peyton Thorne. The rest of it, you take that out. We're talking about a team that was held to about three yards per carry on the ground and was very limited when it came to their rushing production. And. A lot of it came in the first quarter, scored 10 points. Georgia from there went on. We know that they won the game. And I'll say this. I think what kind of I thought was troubling for Alabama yesterday, if you look at it from Georgia's perspective, as I mentioned, every other carry, they were very efficient in terms of defending the run against Auburn. Again, if we're using this as the comparison tool, right? Auburn, meanwhile, yesterday, it wasn't just one big run for Auburn. It was 42 carries, 244 yards, 5.8 yards per attempt. You had two guys average over six and a half yards per carry against uh, against Alabama yesterday. You, This is kind of like the worry for me with Alabama, and it's always kind of been sticking in my craw, which is if you look at their numbers across the board, by Alabama standards, this has been a very, very average team. And I think when it comes to Georgia and their ability to score and the ability to protect a guy like Carson Beck and the fact that I don't think he's going to be pressured very often. I mean, we talked about this, what, last week going into the Georgia Tech game. I think he'd been pressured on about 15% of his total dropbacks this season. I think he's going to be able to kept, be kept clean. I think he's going to be able to score here. And I'm not sure if I trust Alabama offensively with this inconsistent offense to be able to match Georgia in what I think is actually going to be a somewhat high-scoring game. So I very much in, like entrenched myself on the side of, I think Georgia is going to be the play here against Alabama in the SEC championship game. What's going to be curious is what the market does. Right. And what do you think the market does? Because Move to Georgia, right, right. Like five and a half is kind of deadish. So do you see people willing to lay it? Do you see people coming in to take it? Do we dr- get this driven back down? What happened this last week is pretty fascinating because watching Alabama kind of just be somewhat inconsistent throughout. It's going to be interesting to see what the market's perception of what this game is going to be. Seen it from Alabama where they really have the ability to turn it on and off when they want to. I don't, I don't, I saw that game yesterday and I, there was never a doubt that they were losing. It was just that, hey, hey, they, they, pro- they came in, lack of a better term, half-assed. And it wasn't because the lack of talent, it wasn't because of the lack of skill set or bad decision making. It was just they didn't show up for this game. They have a bigger one on deck. That probably holds a little bit more significance in this matchup. That's why they kind of let their foot off the gas. Now the problem with me is that Georgia Tech, 
is a far less superior opponent than that of Alabama's run game. 200 rushing yards allowed, five and a half yards per carry to Jamal Haynes. Two rushing touchdowns from quarterback Haynes Keene. I mentioned that mm. Milrow has seven rushing touchdowns in his last three games. You mentioned how well-protected Georgia quarterback is for Carson Beck. Yes, he's also thrown one, two interceptions in his last three games. In That's the problem. In the, Another angle that you could use to attack this is take Alabama to score the first touchdown. I don't know if it's... Uh, at this point, what I like to do with Ohio State was back the first quarter unders. You show me who you are repeatedly. Georgia has shown me who you are repeatedly. They've let eight of their opponents score a touchdown first in the opening drive. Mm-hmm. Is that a problem? What What is their, their their lack of defense is comes into play again. So now you're going to be playing potentially from a play from behind situation against Alabama that's really kind of in sync with its offense. I like Alabama. Yeah, I like yeah. the over. I like Alabama. I like the over. I like Alabama to score first touchdown. So you think this would be an overplay for you as well? Because I actually they would think we're in agreement here. I think that this is a game that lends itself to be a higher scoring. You know, somewhat like we saw yesterday when it came to the Big Ten matchup between Michigan and Ohio State, right? Where you see two teams that are respected defensively and you assume that this is going to be a slugfest when in reality, you are two teams that save stuff for one another from a playbook standpoint. And you get to see a little bit more in terms of creativeness when it comes to the offense. Right. Things that you didn't see throughout the entire season and thus these games tend to be a little bit higher scoring. So right now we're looking at Georgia as a five-point favorite over at DraftKings with that total of 56. The other one, as we move on from here, now this one, man, again, I, we left the show yesterday in agreement on what's going to, on the Pac-12 championship in that I think that we're reaching a point where we're somewhat disrespecting a Washington team that is undefeated, that is one of the best offensive teams in the country, that is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And it's so weird, our perception of Washington, right? You know, when people pick Washington and win the national championship and people are surprised at at that selection, like they're not one of the top four teams in the country. And after the results of yesterday, and this is the best part about these games is the results do change the market a little bit. Yesterday, we saw Washington as a seven and a half point underdog before the games were played. They are now a nine-point underdog to Oregon. Folks, I will take you back again to the game in Seattle. This was a, a number that told us these two teams were equals on a neutral. Washington won that game. Fast forward to today, and for whatever has happened, and we know it's happened over the last few weeks, the market has deemed that an adjustment of nine points is worthy to this point in the Pac-12 championship game. I am... I am. I get it. You struggle with Washington State you, and you watch Oregon buzzsaw through a bunch of teams. I would very much argue if you go back to the game in Corvallis for Washington, the rain really affected everything and Washington was in control the entire time. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a better win than people would give it credit for. Uh, it's not as sexy, of course, as beating Oregon State 31 to seven on your home field like Oregon did. But I just I think we're getting a little too far and I cannot wait to see what the market does here. Do we get to a full 10 with Oregon? Potentially, it's all about the eye test and what have you done recently. And Huskies have been in one score games, barely winning, squeaking by. But none of these games were they ever really at risk of losing. And I think that's where the misconception comes into play here. The Huskies have shown what they are capable of, both on offense and defense. And that's producing big time plays at big time moments. You had Penix against Oregon. 33, yard, 33 seconds was all he needed to produce 50 yards, two plays, touchdown for the win a white yesterday wide receiver Roma Dunze he had a 23 yard run on a fourth and one to lead up to the go-ahead field goal that was his only carry of the game and then you have head coach in Kalen DeBoer he is such a risky play caller and it has been paying off in these big time situations 
Washington's close games, he has eight wins by 10 points or less, six up by one score margins. That is where this misconception is coming in of you are being undervalued as an undefeated team, barely squeaking by, but none of these were ever at risk of losing. Mm-hmm. They've been in control, even down to the wire. Yeah, I think uh, you're talking about for Washington. The Arizona Washington. State game was uh, the one that they were at risk of losing. That was the one that they were close to losing, obviously, at the end of that one. But for the most part, it has been a, a team that, like you said, has just scuffled along with some of the lesser competition. Uh, and in the other spots has been pretty comfortably, uh, at least in, I want to say not in danger of losing these games, but like you, you're alluding to here, pretty much like, you know, you weren't, full, unless the Arizona State game outside Buried. of that, you weren't really in a position on a final drive or two to, to lose that game. Now, having said that, this is the other part about this, and I'll take I'll take our audience back to the game at home for Oregon against USC, and that was one of the seven games that I bet for USC that finally came home outside of the first half against Colorado. That was great, but just a really quick recap that why that I think is relevant. The market got a little too high for Oregon there, right? right? You you were, were talking about closing is about a 16-ish point favorite against USC. They stay inside of that number just because the number was too large. Right. Oregon was never really in danger of losing that game either, right. but the number was just too big. And I think we're kind of here again with Oregon. Oregon deserves all the credit in the world, but for me, it's just a number play where I think from a power rating standpoint, this is the absolute top of the market for Oregon. And I think it's a little too much at this point, especially against an offense like this at a fast track out here at Allegiant. That backdoor is going to they open the entire time if they are winning by margin, but I still think Washington's capable of staying inside of a big number like this. Even if they're not, as, as Penix has shown before, 33 seconds is all he needed. Yep. A backdoor cover is always live. Well, uh, let's continue on. When we return, let's talk a little bit about the Big 12 championship game. That is set. I've got a ticket on Oklahoma State to win the Big 12, but I don't <laughs> know what to do with it because I'm not in the best position. We'll talk about that opening line and more when we return here on College Lines Revealed. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my That's my dance, <laughs> Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. 
Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great tasting all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. <laughs> I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This is College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the sports betting network. One of the benefits of being a VEASAN Pro subscriber, you get unlimited access to the picks page. You can check out the top VEASAN experts leaderboard, see who's got the hot hand, and also, of course, unlimited access to the betting splits and more. 60 bucks gets you everything we do until May 1st. Check it out now, vcin.com slash subscribe. One of the names frequently on that leaderboard, Wes Reynolds, is going to be with us in about 15 minutes. We'll get his thoughts on what is going to transpire on championship weekend. But before we get to that, all right, Pamela, Big 12 championship game. It's your neck of the woods. So give us what you believe will happen here. Market in on Texas. This thing opened up 11 and a half. We are up to 12 and a half with a total of 54 and a half. They will take on Okie State. As I said, I'm in a good position. At least I do have Okie State at 10 to 1 to win the Big 12 championship, but they are in the Big 12 championship. What I do from here has yet to be determined, but what do you believe will happen here against Okie State? Texas will come out with the win. I'm unsure about the cover. It's because this Texas, their MO is special teams and defense. 22 points yesterday were generated from a kickoff return touchdown and field goals. This is how they've been consistently winning, stopping defenses in their track because this opponent's offenses, because their defensive front is so stout. That pass rush, that defensive front against Texas Tech running back in Taj Brooks, he's ranked third and nationally in the run. He averaged 123 yards per game coming into that matchup, and he was held to 95 yards on 19 carries. This is such a strong, strong Texas defense. And I know that Ollie Gordon has been absolutely explosive this season, but we have seen him fumble, kind of loosen his ends here in recent weeks. He had five touchdowns in double overtime yesterday. It was cold. It was rainy. A lot of that came into play with Oklahoma State barely coming out with that win. But, I mean, he has great instincts, but this is also the best Texas, the best defensive front that 
Oklahoma State would have faced. I have to trust that the Texas defense is going to be what comes through. Quinn Ewers is still always going to be my worry. He has four interceptions in his last five games. He has 15 sacks in his in that span. Turnovers are going to be huge in this, but they can turn into C.J. Baxter is a running back, which was a huge replacement. I felt comfortable with him, but he wasn't even the one that shined yesterday. They had another running back in Jaden Blue. He had 12 yards per carry. So now you have two solid running backs that can take off the pressure from Quinn Ewers, try to eliminate some of those turnovers. This Texas defense is so stout. I believe wholeheartedly that Texas comes out with the win. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of torn here. I mean, and they're, they're big favorites here, and the market would agree with that assessment. The question is just, is 12 and a half, can they cover that number? And I, I don't want to, I think you know me by now, try not to overreact to the things that happened in the previous week and look okay. at things with a little bit more nuance and depth. Having said that, after watching Oklahoma State the last three weeks, when you talk about getting blown out by UCF, tooth and nail for a bit with both Houston and BYU, I, I, I feel torn in that. I, I, I just have this sinking feeling that Texas is going to come in and demolish Oklahoma State. You mentioned some of the strengths that Texas has from a line of scrimmage standpoint. I, like, it, I almost liken it to what we saw with Texas Tech in Texas, right? Where Texas Tech, it was one of the things that I had mentioned on Friday, which was Texas Tech had quietly been one of the worst early down success rate teams in the country. Texas, with that front, was going to be able to stymie them on those early downs, and then you're left with third and long for forever. It's essentially what happened to Texas Tech. And I think that this is going to happen for Oklahoma State, where you look at what they've been able to do and take advantage of certain competition. You know, you catch Kansas State at home. You catch Kansas at home. Those are very strong wins. You beat Oklahoma at home. Those are all very strong wins. But when you kind of sift through the numbers, you see a team that can be somewhat one-dimensional, and that's with a running game, because Alan Bowman, I'm sorry, is not very good. Right. And it's very inconsistent or hit and miss. And you talk about recent form, right? You mentioned Carson Beck and the fact that you think he's committing more turnover-worthy plays. Over the last three games, Alan Bowman has committed 10 turnover-worthy plays and thrown six interceptions. Yeah. That's not going to get it done here against Texas. I have this sneaking suspicion that Okie State's going to come into this game and just get hit by a like a truck and have absolutely nothing to respond here. And I, I would very much agree with the, what the market's doing and pushing this from 11 and a half. That's kind of dead up to 12 and a half. It's not really a big move. But the fact that this is moving toward Texas, I think I inherently agree with the market. I, I think that this is a spot where Texas is in good form defensively and they're taking on a team like Okie State that they're going to be able to have that success against. I talked about Texas's uh, MO being special teams and defense. Well, Cowboys MO has been playing from behind and winning games. <laughs> they were down 18 points to win 40 to 34. That was the third largest comeback in Oklahoma State history. Then now that's back to back games where they've had to do that, overcome 14 point deficits in order to come out with the win. That's the first time in school history they've had to do such. Mike Gundy himself, he even said, we are making it difficult on ourselves to win. Well, you're going to have it a lot more difficult going up against right. this Texas defense. They're seeking their first conference title since 2011, so they haven't really been in this position before. Now, the problem for Texas, that is also my worry. I question Quinnewers. Yes, hopefully they put it into the hands of the running backs, but they also have difficulty in red zone scoring. So it's which tale of problems is going to matter more. Uh, right now, they're 82nd in red zone scoring. They're having nearly as many field goals, 17, as touchdowns with 21. That could come into play. Field goals don't get the win here. You need touchdowns. So that's my question mark. Can This is why we've seen also opponents come back against Texas mm. in recent weeks. So the question is, how much does the floor get raised for Texas 
by taking on Oklahoma State's defense. Statistically right now, Okie State, we're talking about a team that ranks around 79th in the country in opponent EPA per play, 99th in opponent expected points added per drop back. So that's not very good. And when you look at it, defensive average up the target against Oklahoma State, 10 yards downfield, 7.7 yards per completion. So teams are having success challenge this secondary, challenging the secondary. And so you would assume that Quinn Ewers, whatever you think about him, overall, your floor, you would assume, is raised by taking on an Oklahoma State secondary that clearly the numbers would tell you have issues with throws downfield and, by the way, don't pressure the passer at all. They're not, they, they are not a very good pass rush team statistically. And that's why I think like almost everything points to, and this is why they're such big favorites, but I think everything points to Texas. So let me ask you this. So what correlates then, if I'm right, I'll ask you this because I know that you were up in the air about the spread. If I'm right that Texas covers this number, does that correlate more to the over or the under? I would lean more towards the over because if you're talking about Alan Bowman having as many turnover-worthy plays, special team touchdowns definitely come into play. Defensive touchdowns come into play. Um, a pick six is very much live, even with Quinn Ewers, who has been pick uh, interception heavy as of late. Just because of that volatility, I have to lean more towards the over because I don't expect a clean game. Yeah, I, I tend to lean toward if Texas covers, it goes under because, again, when we talk about these games where teams win by large margins, a lot of winning by a large margin is holding your opponent to a minuscule margin, right, and when it comes to scoring. So I would think that that's the case. I don't think that's not anything strong that I feel. And a half. Yeah, I, I feel stronger about laying it with Texas than I would about playing it to the under, but I, I would think that that correlates with this game going under the total. All right, from there, Big 12 stage is set for the Big 12 championship game. Let's go to the Big 10 championship game. We'll have more on this. Wes Reynolds is going to join us here in a couple of minutes, but we'll get your thoughts on it. Michigan opens up as a 22-point favorite with a total of 35 <laughs> against Iowa. We were kind of throwing this around yesterday. There's not a much belief in Iowa's offense, and there should not be. So it tells you that this is going to be a pretty minuscule team total for the Hawkeyes <laughs> in this game against Michigan. And uh, I don't mind going chalk heavy in a couple of these because there are some big mismatches. You tell me how Iowa gets more than 10 points against Michigan in this game. I, I think that this is one where, look, I don't believe in Michigan in the grand scheme of the national championship picture. And I think that they're going to run up against it much like they did against TCU when some of these offenses can actually score against them. Having said that, against another Big Ten opponent that has no offense in any way, shape, or form, and please, Pam, don't tell me they're improving. They're not. Um, <laughs> I think that this is one where you're going to come out, you can suffocate them, win a game 24 to 3, 20, or excuse me, a, a 28 to 3, whatever it is. I think it's going to be one of those ugly games, and I don't know why I would trust Iowa to score anything against Michigan. We already saw this. It was Iowa against Penn, Penn State, State yep. and they lost 31 to 0. Um, there's really nothing that you can say offensively. It's the defense that gets all of the attention, and rightfully so. They're top five in nearly every defensive metric. So can they hold? Michigan to less than 35 points. Yes, we've also saw that against Rutgers. That was a really good defense that uh, did really well. They won 22 to zero in that matchup. It, but it's just Iowa's defense. They have Pil Phil Parker's defense is top five with teams against Ohio State, Michigan, and Clemson. That's a really good roster of teams to be behind. It's just a matter of you do not have a quarterback. Deacon Hill, they have made improvements. They were 130th in PFF's offensive grading. Now they're 127. Mm -hmm. You cannot do anything. He has been, he's had, you can tell that they're trying because he's thrown his most pass attempts and he's had his most passing yards in recent weeks. What about those turnover but plays? Oh, I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're like All a right. dozen. I mean, they've got literally be a dozen at this point. Um, but I mean, they're averaging 246 yards per game in their last three. Their average now is 313. So they are making progressions. It is just not enough of a progression to be able to produce against this Michigan defense. 
Uh, yeah, turnover with the play rated for Deacon Hill of 6%. Uh, it's been abysmal for him. And uh, these last few games, including the interception where he tried very hard to give the game to Nebraska, but Nebraska tried harder to give it back to Iowa. It, here's the thing, too. If you don't, if I'm, because I'm in the range of like, I'd rather lay this with Michigan. If you, if you like Iowa, I think you're playing this under the total regardless because I don't see that their offense really contributes here. But to your point, if you are having a shot at staying inside of this number, you're holding Michigan down to a certain extent, but you could like they could win a game 24 to nothing like we're kind of right. alluding to and you don't cover. I think there's more correlates to you know, going under 35 and a half. Maybe the first half under um, rather than the full game because eventually What's, maybe ooh. Michigan just like breaks off and then just romps the rest of the way through. Here's the question. What's the first quarter team total for Iowa in this game in the Big Ten championship game a half oh boy under because the, t- Shade the, it to the, the team total is six and a half let's do it <laughs> let's do it all right we'll take our break here when we come back Wes reynolds big 10 king he's going to join us next we're going to get his thoughts on this one and the rest of the championship games which are set don't worry we got plenty of time to get to the rest of them it's college lines real here on vcin the sports betting network Lines revealed on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. There's a lot to be thankful for, folks. And one of those things is DraftKings Sportsbook. It's keeping your Thanksgiving week full of action. New customers can bet just five bucks on the NFL, score 150 instantly in bonus bets to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code VSIN when you sign up. Only DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. All right, let's welcome in Wes Reynolds. Nice enough to give us some time here today. We look ahead, Wes. The regular season is in the window. Championship weekend is upon us. So I want to start in your neck of the woods. Uh, We were throwing around right before we went to break the Big Ten championship game. Michigan, a 22.5 point favorite. Total sitting at 35.5. What in the world do we do with this (laughs) game over in Indianapolis? Yeah, I I don't know. I I feel like I would need... As ridiculous as it sounds, I feel like I would need about 30 to even look at Iowa, to be honest with you. Just what we saw a couple years ago, Iowa was in this game two years ago. They got beat 42 to three. They can't throw the ball. It's not like Purdue last year when they were in this game where, you know, you had the Braum brothers and you had Aiden O'Connell and they could throw 50, 60 times a game and always be live for a backdoor. The fact that they're laying 23 and a half and the total is as low as 35 in the market. But, you know, it's still a little bit dangerous just to say, okay, let's blindly lay Michigan because how interested are they going to be? They're off the big game. They're off the huge win. How, you know, much are they going to show or how much are they going to want to do here? Because they know that they can run the ball and they know that they can get stopped. Iowa just can't make plays in the passing game. Iowa's best weapons really are on special teams. And we know Cooper DeJohn, the punt returner, has been out. So that's Iowa's best chance to score is off defense and special teams. So. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm going to end up doing anything with this game. Wes, would it be because uh, I made the case for if you do like Iowa here, you're betting this under, right? Because I don't trust their offense in any way, shape or form. And if they are going to stick around, it would be by limiting Michigan and making this kind of a muck. Like keeping this under the total would more correlate to Iowa uh, covering this game, would it not? So if you like Iowa, go with the under. No, I agree. I agree with that. There's a there's a 36 at a faraway store out there. So, you know, try to get as much. You got to get as much as you can, even though these Iowa unders <laughs> have been a wagon so far. Yep. 
Wes, how about the Pac-12 championship game? Um, it's a rematch of Oregon against Washington. The first matchup, it was a three-point spread, and now the Michael Penix Jr., a Heisman candidate, is getting nine and a half. What do you make of this matchup? Yeah, Pam, and I know that this number really looks high, but I think it's pretty high for a reason. Uh, when you look at the first game, Oregon actually outgained Washington 541 to 415. They had a 32 to 24 first down edge. They were 10 to 16 on third down. They had, uh, you know, Lanning went for it there at fourth and three. I think it was uh, just inside of midfield with 216 to go to try to finish the game. I think it was the right call, but when it doesn't happen, you leave Penix and Oduzi with a, a short field and they ended up scoring. But I just look at the two teams and, and I don't like to bet what I see last necessarily. I think that that's a bad habit for a better to get into. But if you watch the uh, Oregon, Oregon state game on Friday night, Oregon had receivers wide open all over the field. And this is a decent Oregon State defense. And they were just wide open all over the place. Meanwhile, with Washington, they've been living dangerously. Like, they've been life and death in a lot of games here, whereas Oregon's just been rolling along over the past several weeks. And, you know, Michael Penix is my guy. He's the former Indiana quarterback. But he just hasn't looked as sharp. And that's why you're seeing Bo Nix, I think, clearly become the Heisman favorite right now because he's looked a little sharper. Oregon's been more explosive. And I just think Oregon is more physical at the line of scrimmage. Dan Lanning's really brought that kind of SEC attitude, you know, trying to get SEC dudes all the way out to the West Coast. But they're physical. And and I would be laying it with Oregon before I'd be taking it. All right, Wes, I want to make sure we get some of these other conference championship games in that we haven't talked about yet. So let me get your thoughts. Uh, initial thoughts when you see Florida State opening up as a six-point favorite with a total of 53 over Louisville. Current number down to four and a half in some spots with a total of 52 and a half. Yeah, the pressure's all on Florida State here because they, they dropped in the college football playoff standings to five uh, last week. So the pressure's really on them. I thought... Rademacher really hung in there in what was kind of a slugfest game. And he's an exper a somewhat experienced starter. This isn't like going to like a true freshman that's never played before. But Louisville, of course, loses the rivalry game to Mark Stoops in Kentucky. Market's coming in on Louisville. I don't disagree with that. I think Florida State, if you really look at them, they probably should have dropped because they just don't really have those marquee wins this year. Uh, except for the LSU win in the season opener, they really haven't beaten an elite team. So uh, I like Louisville. I like Brom as an underdog. Plummer is not exactly the gunslinger quarterback that he usually has, like he used to have at Purdue with O'Connell and company. But he's a game manager. They run the ball well. And I credit the Brahms because they're adjusting their system to their personnel. They like to throw it all over the yard, but they're running the ball a lot more. And I think that suited them well. The Sunbelt Conference is actually a really interesting one because App State is in a six and a half point favorites to Troy when the only reason why App State is in is because JMU is not allowed, is not eligible for this championship game. So what do you make of this opinion now that they're such big favorites? Yeah, I, I use this. I think that they might use that as motivation, Pam, because they're hearing about how they don't deserve to be there and that their accomplishments on their season don't mean anything. So th this is a true road game though. This isn't a neutral site like a lot of the other ones, but uh, I lean app state here. I have not bet this. I would like to see some seven. It's pretty much six and a half in the market, but I think app state kind of uses that as motivation in this one. Yep. Uh, six and a half right now, total of 51 and a half. All right, let's make sure we get the big boy in with you too. Georgia, Alabama, 
Any takeaway from yesterday and what we've just seen from these teams leading up to this moment, Wes, that would put you on one side or the other? Georgia up to a five and a half point favorite at a couple of spots with a total of 55 and a half, but a wide range of numbers. You can lay four, but Georgia's still on the market right now, according to my screen. You can take five and a half with Alabama. Yeah, and I think that this is going to drop, John. I, I think that you're going to see this close closer to three, maybe not right at three, but I think that this is going to drop a little bit. The thing about Georgia is they kind of play with their food against lesser teams, but when they have a real, a real team like Kentucky is a good example, Ole Miss, they take it seriously, and they've trucked a lot of these teams. But I think Alabama – and I was against him yesterday at Auburn in the points. Uh, and, look, Auburn really should have won the game. Uh, the fact that Jalen Milrow was kind of screaming, give me my Heisman, it's about how, how about you find the line of scrimmage first mm-hmm. before they give you a Heisman <laughs> as he crossed it about a couple times. But, look, Alabama got their scare yesterday. They probably easily could have lost in the Iron Bowl. So people are going to look at what they saw last. It's like, oh, Alabama should have got beat. Uh, I'm leaning Alabama in the points. I think if you're going to take it, though, take it now because I think it is going to drop. Well, speaking of the Heisman, it's a three-man race right now, and two of which, Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr., in very much alive. But you still have Jaden Daniels, who no longer has any more games to to play the rest of the season. What do you make of this? Who do you think is more deserving? Yeah, look, uh, Jaden Daniels, fam, has put up just stupid numbers. And <laughs> if this was the Heisman voting back in like the 1980s or the 1990s, where they actually gave it to the best player, but not the best player on the undefeated team necessarily, then he would have more of a shot. But I think the Bo Nix story, the fact that this kid dreamed of playing at Auburn, you know, that, that was his lifetime ambition. He did it. He had a lot of ups and downs, and then he had to transfer and went to Oregon and revitalized his career. I think that storyline plays in the minds of voters. So I think the winner of the Pac-12 title game is going to win the Heisman. All right, Wes, a couple more championship games, or at least one more before we get you out of here. Um, you know what? What would you like to talk about? Would you rather go Mountain West or would you rather go American? You know what? Let's go Mountain West uh, because we're getting two conference championship games here in Las right. Vegas, John. Uh, so, uh, you know, the Rebels didn't get it done yesterday and, and you know, we're kind of playing from behind and still had a chance at the end. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's great that they're having this. But Boise State, they've really played well under this interim coach. I think Andy Abeloff got kind of sideways with the locker room there. And, you know, sometimes teams are sad to see a coach go, and sometimes they're not that unhappy to see him go. So you've seen Boise State have an energy about them, and they have probably the most dangerous player on offense in the conference with John T. And they can run the ball. They have that up. They have the running quarterback. They have the throwing quarterback. So, they can mix it up a little bit. So I think Boise State is probably the rightful yeah. favorite here. Wes, this is the closest I'll come to being a reporter. You don't have to think about that. It's true. Everybody was happy Andy Avalos left. Uh, I can tell yeah. you that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wes, it's good to talk to you, man. Appreciate it as always, and uh, we'll chat again soon. Thanks, Wes. All right, thanks, guys, for having me. Yep, Boise State, a two-point favorite over at DraftKings. Actually, though, if you like, if you fancy the Rebels, who are selected uh, by the computer, as was Boise State today, you can go and grab three. There are There is a full field goal out there for Boise State here in Las Vegas. True home setting, too. Uh, it's out. It's uh, Mountain West does not take place here in Las Vegas. It's on the home field. So uh, this is technically a home game, too, for UNLV.
Yeah, Boise is just playing with the new vigor of this offense, so it is a very explosive. He was right about running back in Ashton Jean T. I can never say his name. John Don't T. Look at me. Yeah. John T. <laughs> he is uh, he's explosive as explosive as they have. So UNLV has it really going up against them. Hmm. I'll save my thoughts about what happened yesterday for UNLV because uh, that was probably in a season in which UNLV was very well coached, the worst coached game for the Rebels. And we'll see if that uh, leads into this matchup with Boise State. We'll come back. Let's talk to an odds maker about this thing. Matt Grill, DraftKings trading manager next. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great tasting all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This is College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Thanksgiving is back, folks. It's the second annual now tradition for VEASAN. You can check it out and keep up to date with all the VEASAN hosts, writers, and analysts who are competing in a week-long competition to see who is the best bet whore at VEASAN. Follow all the bets and leaderboard of VEASAN.com or go to DK Sportsbook app, select social, then betting groups. You'll be able to join our Betsgiving group and follow the action. Let's see. Let me, uh, let me check in on this Betsgiving group really quickly. All right. Standings. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. I'm still in the lead. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Despite a massive mistake on my part yesterday, still leading. Stormy Bonatoni, a message for you. Don't try it. All right? You're in second place. Don't try it. Don't try it. All right. Let's welcome in Matt Grills. Nice enough to give us some time here today. DraftKings trading manager. Talk everything when it comes to championship week. Matt, it's good to talk to you. I want to start with the general question first. Um, and I think we know the degree to which this works. How much do you guys adjust off of results from the prior week? Oregon and Washington is the best example of this, right? You guys had seven and a half before the results of the weekend. You're up to nine now. So obviously the recent results do factor in two points off, one and a half, two points off of a result like that seems pretty strong. So what goes into thinking of making adjustments on a result to result basis? Yeah. Hey, JVT. Hey, Pam. Uh, season's just flown by. I can't believe this is one of the last shows of the year. Uh, enjoyed it all year long. Uh, but yeah, good, good point you bring up there, JBT. This in the Oregon Washington game. We were seven and a half the other night. Uh, and then now we've adjusted up to nine after Washington played yesterday. And, you know, I, I think it'd be less of an adjustment if this thing was, was sitting dead on a key number. If this thing was on seven, I think it'd be a little bit tougher to, to move off that, off that number. But the fact we were seven and a half, you got a little bit more leeway. So going to nine, not that too big of a deal. Yeah. Of course, we saw Washington struggled once again with Washington State in the Apple Cup. Uh, they went for and fourth down in their own territory, got away with it. Otherwise, they'd probably lose that game. And they'd still be in this game anyway. So they're, uh, and you know, but they might have a little bit of leeway to lose this game against Oregon just to paint if there's other chaos, but it's going to come down to most likely the winner of this Oregon Washington game is going to be in the CFP Oregon, a very strong favorite here. Like you just mentioned, we're nine. There's some nine and a half tens out there in the market. And, you know, I'll tell you what guys in Oregon, they, this, they're a complete team. They're running on all sale and on all cylinders. And right now I've got them pretty much right there uh, as one of my top power rated teams. I think I've got them only about two points behind Georgia at this point, right there with Michigan. All right. So you kind of answered what my follow-up was going to be, but I'll ask the second part of it at least. Cause when my wondering was, we saw them play in Seattle. There's a field goal spread. Washington was favored. And of course they won by three that would tell us they're near equals. Since we've gotten to this point, Matt, has this been more about downgrading Washington or upgrading Oregon? Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. You know, that, okay. you know, that game, Oregon did outgain them about, about 150 yards. They had a couple chances to win that game. They made a lot of mistakes, didn't kick the field goal before the half. So they play the game 10 more times. They, Oregon probably win, wins that game eight, eight times. It's the way the game went. So they're going to get their chance. They're at the rematch. You know, they're, they're, they're looking like one of the best teams in the country. But, hey, Washington, you got to give them credit. They just find ways to win games. So there's something to be said for that. So when you're getting over a touchdown, that instance, like, you're gonna, probably going to get a lot of people that are still attracted to this Washington side getting the nine points this game. So I think it's going to be really interesting this week to see where the money 
money comes. But uh, but again, you know, this team knows how to win. They organize a superior team. But you know, I think Washington could, could keep this close potentially. We're talking about a rematch in the Pac-12 conference, but there's actually a couple of other rematches that are happening in the title games. You have the Conference USA, you have the Maction. So similar question, how are the adjustments made in those rematches? Yeah, Pam, you know, New Mexico State, they just had a magical season. They're going up against Liberty here. Liberty with the undefeated season, not many people talking about them. They've been dominant. Uh, New Mexico State was able to, to hold off Jacksonville State yesterday. So this should be a good game. We've got Liberty Lane 11 in this matchup here. They, they are the far superior team. But again, would anyone be surprised if, if New Mexico State made the game? Probably not. Uh, you also mentioned the MAC championship game, Toledo, Miami, Ohio, Toledo. You know, they, they probably should be undefeated. They lost that, that first game to Illinois by two points. Uh, usually they have a clunker or a couple during the season. Didn't happen this year. They, they pulled one out against Bowling Green here. So they go in as an eight-point favorite against Miami, Ohio. Uh, you know, Maction, you know, probably the, the, the least of the games that day, uh, least interest, but uh, we'll see if Toledo can pull it out here and still keep their ma- name in the hat for a possible New Year's Six Bowl. Matt Grill with a straighting manager over at DraftKings. Uh, right, let's go to the Mountain West Championship game really quick, Matt, because I'm really curious. You know, I always like to ask you guys about adjustments and power ratings, how the market perceives teams. It's pretty interesting that the market couldn't get enough of UNLV going into that Air Force game, right? They win outright on the road against the Falcons. Yesterday, I say we see a just a huge rush of support for San Jose State. It was right. UNLV loses the game outright. And now you have them here. Some spots opening them up as a three-point underdog. You guys you guys have them as a two-point underdog. What's happened the last two weeks with the market's perception of UNLV? Yeah, it was very interesting yesterday because UNLV knew they were probably 99% in that title game. So, you know, not sure that they wanted to show too much. San Jose State had to win. They took care of business. That's why you saw that steam on San Jose State yesterday. Uh, UNLV is going up, up against a hot Boise team here. So it's it's, a, it's kind of a, the collision course of, of two of the hotter teams in the conference. I think good for UNLV. They did not have to play San Jose State again. They, they're probably, probably playing the best in the conference. So just the way it powered it out was Boise here with a, a two-point favorite. Uh, that still incorporates the home field for UNLV here. We're actually up to two and a half. We just moved it right before I got on the call, and that seems to be where the market is settling here. So it should be, you know, a great Mountain West style game at Allegiant Stadium. Great season for the Rebels. Boise State, you know, they've been in this position before. But, uh, you know, UNLV, the only kind of bad thing is yesterday, that, that dash, any hopes they had for a possible New Year's Six Bowl game, I think they should have maybe been – paying attention more to that, that they would have had an outside shot. That's out the door, but it's still a magical season. Uh, I'm hoping that they, they take care of business and win the Mountain West against Boise this week. The AAC SMU quarterback, Preston Stone, he left in the second quarter from injury, and there is three backup quarterbacks that came in for relief on rotation. Does that is that adjustment already made into this line against Tulane for that title game? Yeah, Pam, this, this just goes to show you that information truly is king. So for, for those that were paying attention to that game yesterday, saw Preston Snow went out, actually got carted off, looked pretty bad in ankle injury. His coach came out this morning and said it might not have been as bad as originally thought. So maybe still an outside shot that he plays, but he's definitely worth a lot of points in the points spread for SMU, probably about six points. So this is a game that if he would not have gotten hurt, you'd probably see SMU laying the three, two and a half or three this game at Tulane. Not the case. He's, he's unlikely to play, I, I think, even if he does come in with an ankle injury like that, he'll probably be hobbled. So that's why you're seeing the, this Tulane price here at three, three and a half out there in the market. So it's going to be really dependent on who, if he plays or not this week, where this line goes. But right now it's a little tiny bit of a tweener line here at this, at this three. So I think if he's for sure out, you can sit and go up to four. If he's in and looking healthy, this thing would could probably come down to pick.
All right, Matt, let's get to the big one, of course, that everybody's going to be focused on. Hey, we'll be focused on all of these. SEC championship game, Georgia-Alabama. You guys have had this up for a minute, but I'm curious. You know, if somebody wants to bet Georgia, should I just sit back and wait? Am I going to just be able to lay something less than what's out there? You guys have five right now, and I would assume that there's no rush to lay five, and I'll probably get something better, right? Yeah, you know what, guys? I, I don't really see this one moving too much during the okay. course. So we're, we're sitting five. You know, I, I think there's going to be support for, for both sides. Of course, people just saw that Alabama had to win with the absolute miracle from uh, Milro to Bond there on that fourth and a forever play to, to, to get steal away the win. So, you know, Bama here, maybe they come in just kind of playing loose and easy, easy now, thinking that they're playing with house money. You know, Georgia, too, though, they could they could probably lose and still get in the playoff. It kind of depends on what else happens. So uh, lots of moving parts here when you're just kind of look, trying to look at the landscape of the game this week when they're played kind of who wins so it's something that everyone's going to be looking at so just when you're making your bets this week uh take a look at who's already won their games in conference title games and how it's going to affect the landscape of these other games how about the heisman for the futures there's three players that are in it michael Penix jr bo Nix, and of course Jaden daniels but only two of those quarterbacks are still into the postseason any adjustments for there or is the money coming in on any which player yeah, Pam, it's, it's been a really interesting Heisman title race. And I, I really think we're going to have one of the closest votes we've had in a long time here when we get to New, uh, New York between Bo Nix and Jaden Daniels here. So, you know, Jaden Daniels, though, he, he's done. He's sitting. He's on the sideline. So he can't improve his status anymore. It's all going to be dependent on Bo Nix. If he goes out and beats Washington and has a, an average game by his standards, I, I think it's going to be tough to beat him. I think at that point, you know, we got a minus 125 at the moment. I think if that happens, he'd go up to a stronger favor. Now, if they lose you'll probably see Jaden Daniels here move to a, to a pretty strong favorite. Uh, and Michael Penix, though, he, he's 15 to one, you know, probably no shot, but if he were to absolutely go off, beat Oregon twice, have a huge game, who knows, maybe he could get back to the Knicks, but this pretty much is going to boil down to Bo Nix and Jaden Daniels. It's been a fascinating Heisman race all year long, just in terms of pricing it, in terms of the interest here. You know, Jaden Daniels' season was unbelievable. It's like, it was like a Johnny Football, Lamar Jackson-type season. So any other year, he'd probably win this thing. But Bo Nix, you know, he's sitting there almost 80% completion rate, only a couple picks on the year. He's been wildly efficient on one of the best teams in the country. So uh, just superb uh, Heisman race this year. Can't wait to see what happens. All right, Matt, before we get you out of here, last 45 seconds, uh, give us the rundown on the ACC championship game and where you guys are at. Yeah, tough one, guys. Both teams, uh, you know, it's like some, uh, lost some luster here. Louisville coming off the loss. Uh, so their, their shots are dashed completely. Florida State was able to pull one out against Florida, even though only they only gained just about 200 yards. But I think this is going to be a defensive game. I'd be looking to go under this game. Uh, I think this is going to uh, trend down. Mike closing the 40s. Uh, you know, Tate Rodemaker, he didn't look too good. You know, that was a tough first game to go into, though, to Florida, into the swamp. They got it done. Uh, but, you know, Florida State here, they, they got a win, and they're still probably in. But it could get, it could be dicey if all the other teams win. So, so we'll see what happens, guys. Matt, always good to talk to you, sir. we got one more week, but we appreciate you joining us throughout the season, as always. Yep. All Thanks, right. everybody. Have a good week. Grill over there at DraftKings. We'll take our break. Second hour on the way. We still have Paul Stone, who's going to join us at the very bottom of the next hour, and Adam Burke get his thoughts from a power rating perspective on what we have seen so far for the championship weekend lines. look at this week's college football lines this is college lines revealed on vsin the sports betting network here's jonathan von tobel 
Welcome in, folks. It is College Lines Real, presented by DraftKings. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel, and we have lines that are set circa, set to enter the fray and post up every single college championship line. They do have one up currently. Georgia has a four-point favor with a total of 55.5 over Alabama. So before we get into some more analysis on these games, I want to set the scene for everybody who's maybe just joining us and hasn't heard them for every single game. So I want to go through the rotation really quickly, tell you where we're at for each contest. We start on Friday, Oregon and Washington here in Las Vegas at Allegiant. Current number at DraftKings, nine, with a total of 67.5. The story here, Oregon favorite there. The story, of course, is that last week, Oregon hung as a 7.5-point favorite, now up to nine with a total of 67.5. A A good point by Matt Grill with us a little bit earlier in the show, and if you didn't listen to it, check it out on the podcast feed. Uh, Noting that from 7.5 to nine, not the biggest adjustment at all because, you know, look, you're laying over a key number. So if you get to nine, it's not the biggest deal in the world. So Oregon, nine and a half point favor, total of 67 and a half over Washington in the Pac-12 championship game. Also on Friday, CUSA matchup, little CUSA action, Liberty, an 11 and a half point favorite over New Mexico State with a total of 53 and a half. These numbers are all courtesy of DraftKings at this point right now. A little off from where they met each other once before. This is also a true road game. We'll talk about that momentarily. Oklahoma State on Saturday and Texas. Texas over in Arlington, 12 and a half, the current spread with a total of 54 and a half, that number favoring the Texas Longhorns. This opened 11 and a half with a total of 54 and a half. MAC championship game, Miami and Toledo, Miami, Ohio, just to be, just to specify, um, at Ford Field too, by the way, this is going to be a neutral site game. Toledo, now an eight point favor with a total of 46 and a half. DraftKings opened that up at seven and a half. Boise State, UNLV, Boise State, a two and a half point favorite with a total of 58. Uh, that number opened up at about two in favor of the Boise State Broncos. This will take place at Las Vegas and technically a true home game there as you do not play on a neutral in the Mountain West. SMU at Tulane, also uh, a true uh, road game here for SMU. This number is three, shaded to the favorite side of minus 120 with a total of 52 and a half. Georgia and Alabama, Georgia currently a five-point favorite with a total of 56 out in Atlanta. App State and Troy. Troy is a six-and-a-half point favorite with a total of 51-and-a-half. Louisville taking on Florida State out in Charlotte. Florida State currently a five-point favorite with a total of 52-and-a-half. And finally, Michigan, a 23-point favorite with a total of 35-and-a-half. Now, as I was speaking, Pam... Circa did open up their numbers for this weekend, and we do immediately see some discrepancies here. We'll start at the top out here in Las Vegas for the Pac-12 championship game. We've got certain spots like the South Point, DraftKings, and others at 9 and or 10. Circa opens up Washington as an 8.5 point underdog with a total of 66.5. So not a big difference between 9.5 and 8.5, but still at least showing from the guys here at Circa that maybe the adjustment to nearly 10, and in some spots 10, South Point currently sets at 10, is maybe a little much when it comes to this adjustment between these two. The line difference may not mean that much in the grand scheme of things, but if you are better in putting money on things, you always want to try to grab the best number. So shop around. Um, I'm, you and I, I think, are just going to be in gridlock here with agreement of we want to back Washington. My only concern is that Michael Penix in his last game, he had 18 of 33, 204 yards passing. We've seen him a couple of games where he's thrown zero interceptions. So illness was a factor there a few weeks ago maybe a possible injury after playing Oregon but he seems to be back in full health yesterday's game I don't know what to make of it that's my only concern is that recency bias shows that he had a poor performance can he bounce back from this and you watch the other matchups um in the other matchup Oregon was the better team against Washington Washington still won Mm -hmm. Washington State honestly was actually the better team Washington still won. So because of that factor, it's Michael Penix Jr. It's literally Michael Penix Jr. against Oregon. Which one's going to come out the victor? Nine and a half is just, 
It doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. Got to back the dog. All right. I want to get your thoughts on this conference USA matchup. We haven't hit on it in depth. Liberty is a 10 and a half point favorite here at Circa. Total of 55 and a half is where we currently stand right now. Uh, I think this is pretty interesting for, for many reasons. It's a rematch from the second week of the regular season. These two teams played one another. Liberty closes about a nine point favorite, and this is a true home game yet again. So just keep that in mind as New Mexico State will hit the road. So the question would say, you know, is what you've seen from these two teams, does it warrant as well as the results? hanging this about a point and a half, two points higher than where it closed the first time these two teams played. And my initial thought is actually attracted toward New Mexico State here, this matchup against Liberty. One of the big things is you go back to the game that they played against one another. Aggies were up 17-13 in the first half, but then after they took that lead, their next four drives interception end of the half fumble punt interception and a turnover on downs it really fell apart with some turnovers and a turnover on downs is just that it's a turnover if diego pavia can actually kind of hold on to the ball here a little bit better and show some consistency in terms of ball security right. talk about a liberty defense that we can go through the metrics if you like but that is not as strong as their offense is i, I think catching 10 and a half 11 with new mexico state would be the play here in this one to New Mexico State as well, um, grabbing the plus 10 and a half, as many points as you can get. Money, I would assume, is coming in, would come in, continue to come in on Liberty. But this is a tale of two different paced offenses. They're both run heavy and they're both highly efficient at it. But New Mexico State is second in yards per carry behind only LSU. They're 10th in yards per play, but they're fourth slowest in terms of plays per game compared to Liberty, who is one of the top fastest plays. They run the most plays in top 10 in the F FBS. So that can come into play here. One is so fast and one is so slow, more methodical. You really have to protect the ball a little bit more, but if they can play keep away because of that time of possession game, because of those turnovers from the matchup, I think 10 and a half is too much. Yeah. My initial thought too, was to play over 53 and a half. That was the opening total. Uh, we are up to 54 multiple sabots and Circa opened up 55 and a half. So at least mark it in line with my thinking that the initial total of 53 and a half seemed to be a little bit low, given what we know from both of these teams. So that's the conference USA matchup. We'll roll through the uh, rotation. Can we, here. can we pause for a little second and give yeah. appreciation to New Mexico state for what they've done? No, what are we doing? Where were you? <laughs> We don't, do work for them. we don't work do in for mean? New Mexico State. What, what, what? They're, they're 10 and three on the season. They were six and six last year and they were two and 10. 2021 didn't play in the year of COVID. This is a complete. What's that? Uh, this is a coach where we're, they're not going to get enough recognition. Head coach Jerry Kill. Kudos to you. I mean, coach of the year as an option here for him because he has completely. They haven't had a winning season. They're 113th in recruiting and finishing the year 10 and three. Like they deserve some little recognition here for what they've done. Yeah. And then they got it's uh, it's the Mad Men line, right? That's what the money's for. Um, <laughs> this is what the conference championship game is for. Congratulations. You got to the conference championship. The game. last winning winning regular season was 2002. And there's a couple of seasons there where now, they finished gonna, with one or two. Now I'm going to lay wins. it with Liberty. I don't like this. <laughs> now I'm going to lay I it. Just like, just I was just looking now. at this and I was like, man, I got to give some appreciation. A team that nobody is going to pay attention to. Nobody is talking about. Well, I don't think that's true. I, I think a lot of people paid attention. They're 11 and 2 against the spread. A lot of people in the betting community do pay quite a bit of attention to Mexico State. It's been a big betting story. That betting community, talking about the grand scheme of things, like the public, they they just deserve a little bit of recognition here for what they've done for this season. Nope. It was went under the radar for me, and so I'm a little impressed. Uh, I'm disgusted by this. Let's move on. <laughs> Oklahoma State and Texas out in Arlington. Uh, so this is, again, one of those where I, I have the sneaking suspicion that Texas is the side. Market is starting again as we speak to move in that direction. Uh, we saw Circa come in with their number in this matchup. We're looking at 13 here at Circa with a total of 55. Uh, DraftKings has moved as well. Interesting part here, too, and this is why I say the market is 
is at least in lockstep with what I'm thinking. Circa opened up on the low side. They opened up 11, and a market immediately pushed this thing up to 13. And uh, um, as well as my thought is here, too, and we tend to see this a lot, so I'm not going to act like I'm, I'm smart in this regard. But again, Texas is going to win by margin. I think it correlates to the under. So as this total works to me, as the side went from 11 to 13 here at Circa, total went from 56 and a half down to 55. So I think those two things do correlate. If Texas is going to win by margin, they're going to be able to hold Oklahoma State down offensively. This would lend itself to being an under. And at least as of now, the market would agree with that sentiment. It really just comes down to the Texas defense against Ollie Gordon, the running back for Oklahoma State. He had five touchdowns and double overtime yesterday. It was cold. It was rainy. He tied the school record with Barry Sanders to set three touchdowns in 1988 three times in 1988 and Sanders ended up winning the Heisman that year Ollie Gordon is not in that mix conversation but he should be because he's one of the most explosive running backs in the country he leads in explosive he's top five in explosive runs and leads in design runs of 15 plus he's a very explosive back but this is also the best the best defense that Oklahoma State would have faced all season Texas defense doesn't give anything up especially against their run game that is where they thrive I'm gonna make fun of you for a bit because I always like when people do that he should be in the conversation. All right, cool. We've talked about him. We could. That, that, that's what I'm saying. Uh, no, there's obviously a better. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm choosing a quarterback every time this season. Right. But I mean, no, he's he's had a very great season where he this isn't didn't exist prior. And they found him later into the season compared to I wish they started him right from the start. But I mean, Oklahoma State, they barely snuck, up, snuck out a win yesterday. Weather really came into play with that one. But Texas defense, it's offense. If I don't trust Quinnewers, they at least have two capable running backs with uh, CJ Baxter and now Jaden Blue. So i they they can run away with this next up the mac where are we going here toledo opens up as a seven and a half point favor the total of 46 and a half circa opens up seven at 44 and a half we are now sitting at toledo minus eight and a half with a total of 46 46 i would go with the under 46 and a half this is also a rematch we saw toledo beat miami of ohio 21 to 17 the red hawks won by a blocked field blocked go ahead field goal yesterday with one minute left they were very close to not making this title game miami ohio wins game with that defense seventh in points allowed 11th in sacks and since losing to toledo four games that they've played holding opponents to 16 points or less. As explosive as Daquan Finn is, the quarterback for Toledo is, they have really good ball protection. They're behind one of the best offensive lines. His mobility really comes into play here. So this is going to be another ground and pound attack from the Toledo side. I like the under more though, more so than picking a spread. How much does Miami's opponents play into what they've done defensively these last few weeks? We're talking about uh, Ohio, which is fine, but Akron, Buffalo, and Ball State. All state has been competitive. Those have been actually all competitive within the conference. They've been competitive teams. I don't really like ball state too much. Offensively, they kind of stink. I'm very curious about this too, because you know who's also stunk offensively? Uh, Miami since Miami. losing Gabbard. Yes. Miami has been really, really bad on offense. Uh, how about I put these They rely down? on that defense. Well, let's see. But they're keeping ga- games under the total. So. Since losing Gabbard to injury, we're talking about, uh, let's see, 267 yards per game, 4.79 yards per play, and 23% on third down for Miami. It has not been very good. I would very much lean toward Toledo in this in terms of the side. And still, right, we talk about winning by margin and keeping a game under. Could obviously happen here for Miami and Toledo in this matchup. Oh, I agree. Yeah, okay. um, as Toledo comes out with the win. I don't think about, I'm not sure about the cover. I would lean more towards the under, but money line parlay for Toledo. All right, let's talk a little bit uh, more in terms of power ratings and where these teams are at. Adam Burke joins us next here on College Lines of Real, presented by DraftKings.
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. That's my Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great, too with thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the sports betting network. 
Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today with our best deal ever. It's our Black Friday special. I demanded that it get extended through the weekend. I have that kind of pull. You can get daily best bets. You can check out the VEASAN leaderboard of the said best bets. You can check out the betting splits for every single game, both today and in future events and more. All of it for 60 bucks until May 1st. Check it out now. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Back here on College Lines Revealed, Jonathan Von Tobel, Pamela Maldonado with you. Let us welcome in one Adam Burke, managing editor here at vcin.com and Cleveland Browns fan. And, um, Adam, is Kalen DeBoer on his way to Ohio yet to take over the Ohio State football program? God, I hope so. <laughs> I really, really hope. Go to Texas A&M, please, Ryan Day. Uh, that'll be fascinating if that actually happens. Like, you know, they're too mean over there. So I'm going to go to the other program that has actually loftier expectations, even though they shouldn't. Uh, it's going to be pretty fascinating to watch. But mm-hmm. we are not here for that. We are here for the opening lines for the conference championship weekend. So I'll ask you, I wanted to start because you are, of course, uh, adjusting your power ratings every single week. So what's your process been like for this Oregon-Washington dynamic? And what do you make this number? Because, Adam, I'm like, I'm kind of firmly digging myself into the position of Oregon is clearly the better team. But I think we're kind of in a similar spot where we were with the USC game where we're just we're just at the top of the market now with Oregon like I think we're adjusting this a bit too much and we're talking about 10 at one spot here for Oregon like if you're going to give this to me then I think I'm going to take 10 points with Washington just a just a sell high spot on this number yeah I mean I think when you look at the way that Oregon's been rated over the last few weeks they're, they're kind of starting to be priced as if they're power rated right next to Georgia yep and maybe they are as good as Georgia I don't know but I have this game eight and a half. So I do think the market is a little bit high out there at nine, nine and a half, ten. It's like I have some kind of big overlay and almost all of my numbers are very, very close to the market here for conference championship games as they should be. But it does feel like maybe this one has gotten a little bit out of hand. That being said, I mean, Washington looked awful yesterday against Washington State. Oregon did what they had to do against Oregon State, played really, really well. These two teams are in very different places from where they were in the first game. I think 10 is probably a little bit too high for this number, but at the same time, I think it's hard to really like Washington with how they've played down the stretch, especially compared to the Ducks. Yep. The SEC championship money's coming in on Georgia against Alabama now as five point favorites. Um, Yesterday was actually a tale of two teams as well. I mean, Georgia did struggle against Georgia Tech, but they were without some of their top receivers. And then Alabama barely snuck out that win against Auburn. Were any adjustments made in this matchup? Yeah, so this is one. I mean, I dropped Alabama a point in my power ratings. I didn't touch Georgia at all, even though I've been a little bit higher than the market on Georgia throughout the last few weeks. My number's five, so I'm pretty happy with where my number is in this game. I really thought that Alabama has a decent chance to win or to win against Georgia until I saw what happened yesterday, yeah. where Auburn, I mean, they lost, what, 31-14 to New Mexico State the week prior, and I realize it's a rivalry game, and we can use all the cliches, throw out the records, this and that. Alabama is a much better team than Auburn. Auburn is not a good team. They're not a good offense. They're not a well-coached team. And it took a miracle for the Crimson Tide to win that game. Whereas for Georgia, up until that Georgia Tech game, I mean, they steamrolled Old Miss, who's a really good team. They beat Missouri, who's a top 10 team in the college football playoff picture. Georgia's just gotten better as the season's gone along. Alabama was, but I feel like they kind of plateaued. My number's five, but if anything, I would take Georgia in that game. Yeah, and I think, what do you th- what do you expect the market to do here? I was asking Matt Grill about this because you and I are going to be on the same side here where I want to bet Georgia, but I think I'm going to wait, Adam, right? Like, there's I, am I rushing to lay five when I, I think the, the, the overall public sentiment might be grab it with Alabama and get this thing cheaper? I really wish Alabama would have beat Auburn by two touchdowns, yeah. and we probably could have gotten this one cheaper. 
I don't know what the market's going to do with this game. I mean, I know a lot of people are going to look at Nick Saban as a dog and this and that. And Alabama's the last team to beat Georgia back on December 4th, 2021, I think it was. So I get the sentiment of wanting to back the Crimson Tide, but Georgia's just better. And Carson Beck's gotten better throughout the course of the season. I don't know if this line goes up or down, honestly, JVT. I think there's a decent chance that we could see it go up a little bit before some Alabama buyback comes in. But I just think Georgia's clearly the better team at this point in time. And Kirby Smart knows Nick Saban inside now. And I think Georgia just has better athletes at this point in time. Um, well, looking at... Um, go ahead. Okay, let's go to All another right. one here. <laughs> uh, let's go to Big Ten. Michigan and Iowa, 23, the current spread, multiple spots. we got a 24 out there as well. Total's 35 and a half. What do you make this, and, and how would you plan on betting this? Because I, I feel like the sickness is inside of me. I want to bet something in here, and I actually might bet this game under, Adam. Yeah, I mean, I could see it. I, it's very hard to see how Iowa scores in this game. I mean, scores more than three, seven points, something like that. Michigan, I, I don't really love their offense. I think J.J. McCarthy is getting overhyped and overblown. And Blake Corum really hasn't had a great yards per carry average lately. Seems like he's kind of been banged up in the latter portion of the season. But that Michigan defense is legit. You know, you hope Will Johnson is okay and able to come back. Not that he'll really be needed in this game. But yeah, I mean, I could see a scenario where Michigan wins this game you know, 31 to three, some kind of thing like that. And it wouldn't really shock me at all. My number is 23 and a half. And honestly, oh. I wish we could just run back Michigan and Ohio state again, instead of having to watch Iowa go out right. there and score single digits. Yeah. It is weird to have a playoff game essentially, and then have to follow it up with this. Um, let me ask you then. So I've been kind of toying with a the theory and Pam and I both have talked about this where after watching it, and you kind of alluded to it. I don't think that this Michigan offense is on par with some of the offenses that they're going to face in the college football playoff. From a power rating standpoint, what's the dynamic there? Where do you have Michigan in comparison with the Georgias and Oregons and the teams that they'll face in, in the top four? So this is kind of tough, and this is something I wrote about. I haven't posted my article yet, but I will be posting it here this afternoon. So it's kind of tricky, right? Because for the last several weeks, we've kind of been grading these teams against their peers in the yep. conference. And now you have to get to a point where you're grading them against the rest of the country. So in terms of having to give Michigan a lot of respect for being a huge favorite in basically all their Big Ten games, with the exception of Penn State and Ohio State, I would have Michigan a three-point dog on a neutral to Oregon and a three-and-a-half-point dog on a neutral to Georgia as of right now. But I think as I reevaluate going into the playoff, where you're probably going to have, I think, Oregon versus Michigan in the 2-3 game. That's a number that I think is kind of difficult to set because Oregon is much more battle-tested. The Pac-12 is a way stronger conference. They're much better offensively than Michigan is. But Oregon hasn't really seen a defense like Michigan's. So I think that's a really, really hard number to make. Honestly, I think 3.5 for Georgia, which is what I have it right now, from a pure power rating standpoint against Michigan is too low. I think that number is six, maybe six and a half. So I will have to make those adjustments and be cognizant of that as we go forward. Matt girl made a six point adjustment to the SMU offense because of quarterback Preston Stone. What type of adjustment did you make for him now that there's potentially th a three quarterback rotation? So I think it's challenging, right? Because I was kind of looking this up on social media and a lot of the SMU people think that Kevin Jennings can step in and do pretty well. My adjustment was four points here for Stone. That might be a little bit cheap, but I am right on the number here at three and a half, seeing this number go up to four at some places now uh, with that adjustment to Stone being out. I also think it's tough because SMU has really, really good numbers, both offensively and defensively, but they played a weak schedule. So I think that maybe they're a little bit of a paper tiger in some respects. I don't think I'm going to have a play on this game, though. Maybe a live play on Tulane if Jennings and some of the other guys for SMU don't really look like they're 
kind of grasping the offense in such a big spot. But Stone is clearly a huge loss. And I don't know why he played more than a quarter in that game against Navy. Adam Burke with us, VEASAN sports betting analyst, uh, managing editor, technically my boss, so I'm always very nice to him whenever he's on here on the phone with us. Uh, all right, Adam, Big 12 championship. Uh, I am very much gravitating toward the side of Texas here. I think they can win this by margin. I also think that correlates to this game going under. What did you make uh, this number between the Cowboys and the Longhorns? If I assume absolutely no home field advantage in this game, my number's 12. Yeah. I think it'll be a little bit of a pro-Texas crowd, so I can maybe give them a point, make this line 13. Honestly, I don't know what Oklahoma State is. Right. I mean, Oklahoma State in the middle of conference play all of a sudden figured out that Ali Gordon might be the best running back in the country. Alan Bowman started playing really, really well. And then here of late, I mean, BYU is not a very good team. That was an ugly performance for them. They've had some really ugly performances. The UCF game obviously stands out. I don't know what Oklahoma State is. I also don't know if Texas is all that great, but I mean, this is a situation to me where I think it would be a favorite or pass scenario because I think Texas is just going to force Bowman to throw the ball. They're going to put nine in the box, say, you know what? Gordon's not beating us, period. We are taking him away. And if that's the case, I think Texas can force some turnovers, get some extra possessions, take care of their affairs. And also for Steve Sarkeesian, I don't know if it's going to matter. Their path to the playoff is very, very challenging. But if they can put up style points here in an early kickoff, they should absolutely try to do it. Um, looking at New Mexico State, that's one of the underdogs that I'm interested in backing against Liberty. That for, This is a rematch, and in that first matchup, it was turnover prone. That's what uh, came largely into play here. Any adjustments made in that game? What do you make of this one? Yeah, I got this line sitting at 12 and a half for Liberty, although I will grant I have been high on Liberty throughout the course of the season here. So that's something that's just kind of been a running theme of my power ratings because honestly, I mean, they've been so good. And, and truth be told, Caden Salter has been fantastic, but Liberty has relied on the run a lot more than I expected them to throughout the course of the season here. Look, turnovers were a bit of a factor. New Mexico State was minus two in turnovers, but also Liberty, they had 526 yards of offense and they ran the ball 52 times for 250 yards. I just don't know that New Mexico State can really hang in there physically for four quarters. That said, New Mexico State's greatly improved this season over the course of the year, and Diego Pavia has been terrific. Adam, good to talk to you, man. Really appreciate you doing this for me. Thank you, Adam. Absolutely. Have a good one. Adam Burke, again, look out for that article as well and the updated power ratings, and that dynamic is awesome. We can expand on that when we come back. You know, the comparison of the power ratings against your peers, but now against the powers that be, how do you do it? We'll have that and more when we return here on College Lines Revealed. College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the sports betting network. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm distracted. Uh, there's a lot to be thankful for, though. Football is one of those. That's what I'm getting distracted by here. And DraftKings also should be thankful for it. Why? Because they're keeping your Thanksgiving week full of action. New customers can bet just five bucks in the NFL, score 150 instantly in bonus bets. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code VSIN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. The crown is yours only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Okay. Let's go with this because I did want to expand really quickly on what Adam brought up, which I think is a really good, it's, it's a really fun conversation about rating teams. And I've thought this about Michigan a really long time, Pam, which is in something, it's an extension of what we talked about a lot, which is I think that Michigan is going to have trouble, as we saw last year, when you run into teams from the big four, whatever you want to call it, that are going to be playing in the college football national championship. We'll get to that momentarily, but let's talk about the line moves that we've seen up to this point. 
and I think there's a lesson to be learned from some of these as well. So here we have our biggest line moves as we usually do, but you'll notice not that big a move in all of these ones. So let's start. Big 12 championship game, Oklahoma State in Texas. Oklahoma State opens as an 11-point underdog. That is bet up. They're sitting as a 13-and-a-half-point underdog. Appalachian State taking on Troy in the Sun Belt matchup. Appalachian State opened up as a 5-point underdog, now up to a 6-and-a-half-point underdog in this matchup. New Mexico State and Liberty. Cusa, let's do it. Liberty opens up as a 9-point favorite, gets bet up to a 10-and-a-half-point favorite against New Mexico State. Miami, Ohio, and Toledo in the max. Seven-point spread in the open in favor of Toledo. That gets bet up to 8 Georgia opens up as a four-point favorite in the SEC championship game. As we know, they are now laying five. Oregon, uh, some spots open seven and a half, other spots eight, up to eight and a half in some spots. Some spots got to as high as 10. South Point was one of those. We are back off of that 10, down down to nine and a half. So shop around a wide variety of those numbers when it comes to Oregon and Washington. Totals. This is where I think it gets really interesting. Boise State UNLV opens up 56 and a half. That gets bet up to 58 and a half. SMU and Tulane bet up from 54 and a half. Excuse me, bet down from 54 and a half down to 52 and a half. New Mexico State Liberty 55 and a half down to 54. As far as, again, no biggest line moves. 56 and a half only down to 55. 44 and a half. And by the way, that was for our, uh, our audio audience. 56 and a half in Oklahoma State, Texas down to 55. Uh, Miami, Ohio, Toledo 44 and a half to 46. And then Michigan, Iowa from 34 and a half to 35 and a half. Now, I actually I told our crew behind the glass that I wanted to show these, even though there's only about a point difference in some of these, Pam, and it was for a very good reason. How often do we sit here on these shows? This is our second to last show of College Lines Revealed. Breaking news for everybody. Um, season's over. Get over it. Um, but we, had, we sat here every Sunday, and we would see total moves. Six points, seven, eight, sometimes nine points. We'd, we'd see massive swings on these totals. We'd also see very big line moves as well. But I think it's a really good example to show this because as the season goes along and you get more and more data on these teams and now you get to the point where at the championship games, we have 10 games or whatever it is on the board. There is so much data out there that there's not that many edges to be had. And now totals are only moving two points, one and a half points. Sides are only moving two points. You're not seeing anything crazy outside of injury information that might come up. And we don't know what else in these other games could pop up. But outside of that, we're not going to see that much movement here on these lines. Well, you said it. There's only 10 games on the slate this week compared to 50 on an, any other normal weekend. So it's uh, not only that we have more data and information to hone in on what exactly the strength and weaknesses of these teams, but it's also there's such a such a smaller card that they can really hone in. The sports books can really hone in on nailing these numbers. So you're not going to see significant movement unless barring any injury from here until now. So with that, let's uh, let's expand really quick on the topic of how you adjust for a conference, because I've thought this for a really long time with Michigan. And it's just the fact that it, it is nice to beat up on the Big Ten. That does stink. <laughs> but when you have to go on a neutral field and face Georgia, who can get up and down the field offensively, that has one of the best quarterbacks in the country, that is going to put you in positions that you have not been in all year long, namely playing in a deficit, right? right. I'm going to go out on a limb. I know you don't like Georgia that much. I'm going to go on a limb and say Michigan's not going to be able to build up a 10-point lead and then just sit on their chest the entire time like a schoolyard bully. That's not going to be the case against a team like Georgia or an Oregon or anything else. You're going to have to have a creative offense you're going to have to be dynamic you're gonna to have to have a downfield passing attack the dynamic of trying to adjust power ratings for a team that has been dominating winning by margin and covering numbers against a really crappy conference as you adjust to the college football playoff is a really big challenge and i think that's where 
at a time where there's not that many edges, that's where you as a better can find your edge. If you can realistically look in these situations and evaluate these conferences accurately, and then once you get to the spot where we're now back in non-conference play, that's where you can really find your edges if you can accurately read how good or how bad these conferences in which these teams have been playing in. And you can actually uh, look at other betting opportunities as well. Instead of just the spread and the total, I really like to do first quarters or first halves because a lot of the times these line movements that we're talking about, those are adjusted. Texas going from 56 and a half down to 55. The full game are being adjusted, but the first quarter spreads aren't. The first half spreads aren't. How many times did Ohio State cash the under in the first quarter of the season? It was like eight out of the five, like eight of the, at least eight or nine games this season. Yet the line every single week opened at nine and a half or 10. Those adjustments aren't being made. That's where you need to be looking, exploiting those types of markets rather than just the full game spread in total. So as it sits right now, what would be your play that attracts you the most in, in, in championship weekend? Alabama. I've been saying it week after week uh, for a few weeks now that I really love them as an underdog here. If there's any team, I'm not weighing yesterday heavily into this matchup. We've seen where Alabama has a comfortable lead. They let go of it because they let their foot off the gas. Yesterday, I really just don't think they were as interested. I still believe in Jalen Milrow, and there are at least question marks on that Georgia offense. Were they sitting players on purpose? Because Brock Bowers didn't play, Ladd McConkie didn't play, Rara Thomas didn't play. All three of them are dealing with injuries, and their right tackle was also out in Tate Rattledge. I need to know who's playing in this lineup because those are going to come into play. You're not going to be able to exploit. This is going to be the toughest defense that Georgia has faced all season long, who has a run game, who has a pass rush and who has a quarterback. We saw what Jalen Miller was able to do in that final game to come up with the go ahead touchdown. They, he does. He is a very efficient mobile quarterback who can sling it. Mm -hmm. This is the toughest, toughest, toughest test. You need all key parts on that offense. And Alabama, we have seen their defense, what they're capable of, shutting opponents down. I really love Alabama. Um, It does seem from the injuries that uh, Georgia has, that was very much a... um, Sit them down and rest. It's Georgia Tech. Right. That was very much a... yeah. Take the day off, guys. We'll take care of this. No problem. So I think that they'll be ready to go. Um, judging by what Kirby Smart said after the game and uh, what we were looking at, one of the quotes is, uh, if they could play, they would have played 100%. If they could have played, they would have played. I don't think you measure it. It was a championship game. If it was a state game, uh, they wanted to play all of them. But guys, we're beat up. We've got two freshman linebackers out there playing. I don't know. 50% of the snaps, uh, he was kind of just like, that. Eh, well, he'll play. So I think they're going to be fine when you get to the SEC championship game. So for me... Georgia's going to be there on the card for me this weekend, but um, not as of now. I'm going to sit back and wait, see if I get this thing cheaper, see what happens with this number. Uh, and if I got to lay five, lay or lay four and a half or five because both those numbers are out there, lay them. Um, I'm going to go with your Longhorns. I, I think, and, and look, this will sit here, and I've got this championship ticket for Oklahoma State, and uh, I don't know how I'm going to handle that considering they're, you know, you can, they're, I'm, what are we talking about here? By a minus 450 ish for Texas on the money line. Uh, I, I think Texas can win by margin here. I think they're going to be able to hold them down. I think the market is going to get to this full 14 uh, sooner rather than later, and I think anything under 14 is going to be the way to go. I think the market understands what we're looking at. And by the way, we're starting to see 14 pop up on the screen. As long as this is under that 14, I'm in. I think the Longhorns defensively are good enough along the lines of scrimmage defensively that they're going to be able to take advantage of this offensive line. They're going to be able to bottle up this Oklahoma State running game. I don't think that you're very good at quarterback (laughs) Oklahoma State. And if you all of a sudden become one-dimensional and Alan Bowman's got to throw you out of a deficit, I think that's going to be a problem. Could open the door for turnovers. I think Texas rolls here in this game. So 13 and a half or anything better than 14, 
that's the play. I think uh, for me, at least we're talking about top of the list plays in championship. And I know that I talk about Alabama and backing them and I probably will get to the window with that. I also want to wait for that, see if I can get a better number, but I'm also wanting to exploit the other markets. And the problem with Georgia is their last eight opponents all have scored a touchdown first. So I'm going to be looking to the prop market and look, Alabama just scored a touchdown first. Carson Beck, he's had two interceptions in his last three games. Now you're going up against a better defense. So I want to look at the player props for Carson Beck to throw an interception against Alabama. So those are the types of markets that I'm going to be looking at because, yeah, there's only a few handful of games that I'm interested in actually putting money on. Now I want to be looking to exploit maybe the first quarter spreads, player props such as this, and then see what happens from there. Man, I can't wait. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. The other one, I'll say this. So you mentioned like a secondary play that you're going to look at here. Uh, I think we're in agreement as well. Uh, New Mexico State, I think, is going to be really intriguing catching this big number against Liberty. If they're going to be able to take care of the football, I think that's going to be the way to go. Catching about 11 and a half, which are some of those numbers out here. How about this? New Mexico State, 9-0-1 against the spread in their last 10 games. They have been absolutely fantastic covering a bunch of these numbers. And they have been getting better since they lost that game to Liberty and failed to cover. By the way, New Mexico State last year, went out there and smoked Liberty. So it's not a matchup that they have been um, on the short end of the stick of. They've actually played them pretty tightly the last couple of seasons. So can't wait to watch this one. But this whole weekend is going to be absolutely fantastic. But I think that would be the secondary play for me. New Mexico State catching that 11. Now, we're not wrapping it up. We just got Paul Stone coming up next. So, you know, want to make sure we get these things out there for the most part. So Paul Stone's going to join us on the other side. We'll get the professional handicapper's perspective on what we have seen for championship weekend up to this point. See if he has made any plays so far for next weekend and just what the dynamics like. As you mentioned, the market is getting tighter now that we are at the final week of play. What does it mean for a guy like Paul Stone? We'll answer that question and more when we come back here on College Lines Revealed. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great too with thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows. 
iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Talk about Zen Nicotine Pouches. We're debating what a team needs to do to get to number one, but Zen Nicotine Pouches are already there. It's helped millions of people achieve lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. Find your Zen at your local convenience store or online at Zen.com, ZYN.com. Morning product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Set out to a state where there's a lot of nicotine pouches in Jaws, uh, I would assume. <laughs> Texas, uh, where Paul Stone is with us here. I don't I don't think Paul Stone has one of those in his mouth. Uh, all right, Paul, uh, let's start in your neck of the woods. I'll say it. I think Texas is going to come in and romp. I think they can win if it's under 13, or excuse me, if it's under 14, I think it's a playable number for your Longhorns against the Oklahoma State Cowboys. What say you? Well, I tell you, I think the number, I made the number actually 10 and a half, and I think it opened at Circa, maybe at 13, opened at some other places a little bit earlier, around 11 and a half. So certainly it looks like the Longhorns have taken some money. They're off that uh, impressive 57 7 victory over Texas Tech. You know, honestly, it'll probably be a game I'll just sit back and uh, watch. Uh, one thing, though, if you are thinking about, uh, Backing the Longhorns, certainly uh, they showed against Texas Tech. Uh, they are not immune to scoring a late touchdown for emphasis, and they might uh, feel the need to do that since they could be in a uh, subjective analysis in the committee room a week from today. So uh, they might tack one on at the end and uh, get over the number. So uh, interesting game. Oklahoma State uh, survives BYU, and uh, Ollie Gordon and the Cowboys taking on uh, the Longhorns there in Arlington on Saturday. A game that we haven't touched up on, actually, Louisville, Florida State for the ACC title game. You have Louisville, who's still playing for a possible New Year's Eve six spot. And then, of course, one week removed for Florida State not having their star quarterback in Jordan Travis. What do you make of this matchup with the Florida State lane four? 
Yeah, you know, I, I would probably – I haven't played it yet, Pamela, but I, I would probably lean towards playing Louisville. I mean, you've got a Florida State team. You know, that defense, first of all, you know, Tate Rotomaker got better as the game went on, uh, the new quarterback for Florida State uh, after the injury, the star quarterback, Jordan Travis. But that defense they went up against last night, Florida, they rank 124th. Mm-hmm in defensive yards per play in the nation. There's only 133 teams, and that's after giving up less than four yards a play last night to Florida State. They give up 6.5 yards per play. Uh, they look like the 1985 Chicago Bears in the in the first half. So Florida State, although they got the victory and although, again, Rotomaker got better as the game went on, got more comfortable, uh, I'm just not sure about this Florida State team. If they win, they're going to get in because that's the uh, – I hate to say it's the easy decision, but, you know, it's an easy sell to say they went 13-0 and uh, in a Power 5 conference, so they, so they deserve to be in. I don't buy that argument personally, but uh, I kind of like Louisville, um, but have not pulled the trigger yet on that one. All right, Paul, let's talk about Pac-12 championship game. Uh, one of the first, uh, you were one of the first people we talked to about Oregon's ascension from a power rating standpoint, uh, maybe on equal footing with Georgia. Well, here they are up to a nine and a half point favorite against Washington. South Point was the highest at 10. They've come off of that number. Uh, where do you make this number between them and Washington? You know, I made it seven and a half. Uh, Oregon favorite, of course, and was hoping that it would uh, open at seven. But I think, again, it opened at eight and a half a lot of places and, and got bet up quickly. Uh, the Sharps are going to come in and take that 10 on the other side. But I just think this Oregon team, maybe Georgia's the best team in the country right now, JVT. But Oregon, man, they're not but a step or two behind. Uh, they just have tremendous balance. They're exceptional. Uh, on, on offense, they're exceptional defensively. And this Washington team, since defeating Oregon uh, there at Husky Stadium uh, several weeks back, you know, they just haven't been the same team. They look, I hate to say they look like a tired football team, but they just look like they're running out of gas. They don't have the same uh, zip as some of these top contenders. And Oregon, again, they just seem to be on that upward uh, plane, on that uh, upward uh, uh, ascension, so to speak. And I, I like the Ducks. I think they beat them up double digits. Recency bias says that Alabama, because they struggled yesterday against Auburn, can't contend against Georgia offense. Um, I beg to differ, but what do you make of this matchup with Alabama now catching five against Georgia in the SEC championship game? Yeah, I mean, you look at it just like you said, Pamela. People are going to look at this game and they're going to say, man, Alabama, they struggled to beat Auburn, got lucky to beat Auburn the week after Auburn on the same field. Uh, got controlled by New Mexico State. So people are going to just use that, uh, you know, that frame of reference, and they're going to think that Georgia's the play. The man giving Nick Saban points, it, it just scares me. I mean, my gut tells me to play Georgia, but then I have so much respect for Saban and what he's done. This is probably going to be a, a stay-away game for me. If people start piling on the dogs and get it up to six, uh, I would take the tide, though. Yeah, well, what would you make the game, Paul? I made it four. I made okay. Georgia four with a total of 55. All right, I like it. All right, Paul Stone with us, professional handicapper, going through championship weekend and what his numbers are telling him about what we have seen on the board up to this point. Uh, all right, let's talk about a couple of these smaller ones then and get your thoughts on what we have seen. Uh, let's go to New Mexico State and Liberty. Pretty interesting because you get two teams that have been killing it against the number. You mentioned the Aggies uh, as they went out there and beat Auburn, one of the better cover teams in the country, catching 10.5-11 on the road. It's one of those true road spots in conference championship weekend what do you make of the flames taking on the aggies yeah i made the number liberty 13 and a half but i do have the, the utmost respect for new mexico state uh and their coach jerry kill 
man, they just, uh, you know, they, they have outperformed expectations again this year uh, after shocking the world, uh, so to speak, last year as well. So th- this is an Aggie team that, uh, you know, I, I don't think you can take lightly. But if it gets down to 10, uh, that's when I'll probably get involved with Liberty. Liberty just has so many offensive uh, weapons. They're very athletic at quarterback, uh, a guy from my state, uh, Salter, their quarterback, very athletic, dual threat. He's finally put it all together, and he's had a huge year for the Flames. So if he gets down to 10, uh, I'm going to climb on board and take the liberty at home over New Mexico State. Boise State has looked on a mission after making some personnel changes, two and a half to UNLV. UNLV has been a really good team this season. What do you make of this, the Mountain West Conference title game? Man, it's just, to me, it's it's, it's a tough call. You know, this UNLV team, um, I went against him a little bit early in the season, learned my lesson, and, and what a job by Barry Odom uh, in year one with their offensive coordinator, Brendan Marion, doing a great job as well. But Boise's kind of been the class of the conference. Um, you know, I just really don't have a have a strong opinion. Again, if it, if it gets up to three uh, at that key number, uh, I might become interested in the, in the home underdog uh, Rebels, but but right now I don't have uh, any involvement in that one. Do you have anything in the MAC championship game, Paul? Before we get you out of here, Miami uh, taking on Toledo, Ford Field. Toledo's an eight point favorite, total of forty six. Yeah, actually, uh, in, in Louisiana today, I, I played that game to go under Toledo and Miami of Ohio under forty five and a half. So that is one of the plays that I made today. I like it. Yeah, anything else? 45 ahead. Nope, I'm in agreement with that one. All right, Paul. All right, man. Uh, well, we appreciate some time as always, sir. Uh, well, how do you feel? Like, we're kind of, we're at the end here, right? I mean, this is the end of college football. It's one of your babies. And now we're at championship weekend. Bowls are coming up. Uh, how's Paul Stone feeling about all this? Yeah, you know, it's kind of sad. You know, we talk about it every year when the season starts, you know. And it just it, It's like a merry-go-round. It just keeps going, going round and round before you know it. It's finished. You know, it stops. And uh, it's coming to an abrupt halt. But, uh, you know, hopefully we won't have too, too many opt-outs, and we'll have some interesting bowl games. Uh, I really like the, the bowl games kind of down the sheet a little bit, but some of those have lost their luster. But hopefully we'll have some good matchups. we still got some football to be played, so uh, I won't start crying until that second Monday in January, I think it is. But I spent a lot of time on college basketball as well, so I'll just kind of transition and uh, put a different hat on. I love it. All right, Paul, we appreciate it as always, sir. Thank you very much. Hey, y'all have a great week. Thanks Paul Stone Sports up on X. Maybe one of the last times we'll talk to Paul on this show. <laughs> basketball. You said basketball. Well, yeah, but I mean college lines revealed. Oh, that's true. Yeah, college lines revealed. College line revealed for basketball. <laughs> I'd be down with it. Uh, I'd be down with it. But, um, you know, those that hang up on the overnights, I don't know if you want to yeah. come here at about like 10 o'clock at night. It wouldn't be uh, the best case scenario. I wonder scenario. if he's going to the Arlington for the Texas game. Jealous if he does. Oh, yeah, huh? You going to go? Is that on Saturday? It is on a Saturday. Oh, okay, all right. You going to go to the, the the Pac-12 championship game? I don't know. I haven't decided yet. I was really interested if it was going to be Arizona. I'm less interested in watching the, a rematch. The better game? The, uh, uh, I'm just a no Fafita fan. I'm an Arizona fan. They've done really well, and you know I love my underdogs, but no. I, I don't know. It doesn't really catch my interest catching this, watching this rematch. I can, well, you can check out the better game uh, when UNLV plays Boise State. So how about that? <laughs> Technically, tighter spread. Tighter spread. So it might be a better game in that regard. All right. So championship weekend is upon us. Uh, a quick recap for anybody out there. Pam, your your best bet, the biggest edge you see on the board is Alabama, correct? Alabama to score the first touchdown. That's the prop that I would be looking for when those lines come out probably close uh, the day before kickoff. Mm-hmm. But you do like Alabama on the I side. I do like Alabama. All right. All right. 
Yeah, it's going to be, I'm sorry, Paul. It's going to be Texas. Uh, I don't know why I'm apologizing, but yeah, I'm going to lay it with Texas. That would be at the top, but uh, you'll look up on the website, by the way, later today. We'll have an analysis on every single one of these games up on vcin.com for it, uh, a write-up for every game and quite a few picks for every single one of them as the week leading up to it. But Texas is going to be up there, as is Georgia. Just got to wait. Just got to wait to see what I'm going to get with my Bulldogs. One quick question on the way out. Who's winning the Heisman? I mean... You know what? I'll go Jaden Daniels. I'll make the selection. I'm going Daniels as well. All right. I like it. With that, don't do that. That's my job. Um, <laughs> we are all done. What do we got? Ben Wilson, Kelly Bidlin coming up next on Live That Sunday over at The D. We'll talk to you next week on the last episode of College Lines Revealed here on VCIN, the Sports Betting Network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Thermador at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home, too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order.